Hey everybody and welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. I am not your host, Brian Lee. I am guest hosting. Uh, Brian has come down with a little bit of a headache, migraine. Uh, I hope he is not hulking out. Uh, there's a strong possibility he might be though. Uh, because he's not going to get to come on this great episode that we have for you guys today. So joining us, we have uh, some of the stalwarts of the Earth Mightiest Weirdos. We've got up there at the top, my right, uh, Ryan. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for having me, guest host Alex. I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk some She-Hulk and whatever other good stuff we got for today. Yeah, thanks. And hopefully, I hope I hope I do you justice. I just got done listening to your uh, Agents of Field episode. You did a great job hosting the uh, uh, Family Feud. So hopefully Thank I live up to your expectations. I, I'm sure you will. All right. We're going to skip over our guests at the bottom and get right into it. Just kidding. <laughs> Kevin, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. Thanks for having me, Alex. Glad that uh, we can talk all about this and, you know, uh, excited to dive into some She-Hulk. Yeah. Me too. Uh, and I'm wondering, I'm going to have to do a little work here to see where uh, everyone's names are. I guess we're too, we're too cool for names tonight, which is fine. We're going to, uh, we all know each other, which is perfectly, uh, perfectly acceptable. So, uh, oh, there they go. Look at that, like magic. So it's almost as if someone's walked. Oh, okay, cool. Thanks. See, uh, even when you are the host, you can't do it without the help of your friends. So thank you guys so much. Uh, before we dive into She-Hulk, uh, which we will be doing a little bit of a preview on, talking about what things are coming up with it, what we can expect, any sort of predictions, uh, we are going to dive into the brand new Marvel content that we got uh, which was last week, right? Uh, okay. Last Wednesday, Marvel dropped I Am Groot, five separate shorts, five separate tiles on <laughs> Disney+. Plus. Uh, we'll start there up at the top. Ryan, how did you feel about that? I was not a fan. So I enjoyed them. Um, this was not must-watch TV that I needed to watch immediately uh, Wednesday is when I woke up. I think I saved it for either uh, Sunday mo yesterday morning was when I watched them. I enjoyed them. They were cute. Um, did not move the story forward. Nothing important. If you don't get to them, you don't get to them. But they're fun little things. Yeah. And for the record, I was saying I was not a fan of them having all of the tiles separated. I think. Oh, it's yeah. No, I hated that. One show with all the, that way they can do more. They have room for more. And I got to click in and out of all of them. No, I, uh, I also guys, you heard me multiple times. I'm not a baby Groot fan. I am. I'm on the fence with the Guardians sometimes, just in general, and I know that's a, a hot take. I really liked these shorts. They were adorable. These shorts actually made me like Baby Group more, so that is, I would say, a win for Marvel Studios. Kevin, what about you? Yeah, I like the shorts. Um, I agree with you. I, I, I was very confused at the start when they were all uh, five separate tiles, and then uh, further inspection, I feel, for some reason, it probably was because... Um, the first one is set uh, between the first film and the second film, and then the other four are in the timeline, and the other four are set after Guardians 2. So I wonder if, obviously, putting it all in one thing, they couldn't, like, I don't know. That's that's my conspiracy theory about that. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed them. They were a lot of fun. Like Ryan said, they weren't, uh, if you don't uh, view them, it's you're not missing out on anything. But if you do, you're going to get a fun little, little thing that it's enjoyable and can put it on and, put them on again if you want just to go back and have something kill for a couple of minutes or whatever you know so um yeah i think uh, my favorite one i think was uh probably group takes a bath and then um the uh magnum opus the one uh the last one with rocket um so i don't know about you guys what your favorites were out of them 
Yeah, what about you, Ryan? Yeah, just before I get to my favorites, just to add to Kevin's conspiracy theory and make sure that I'm thinking straight. Um, we're getting five more episodes in season one, right? Yeah, as far as we understand, they said. The yeah, it's either they're either it's either they're either saying it's season one, collection two, or collection two, or season two. Okay. Yeah, but some, we're getting three, uh, five more. Yes, and then and then a full season two. But my my guess is, like Kevin said, that the first episode is between one and two, and the rest are between Guardians two and their post credits. Is that maybe the second half of them are somewhere else in the timeline. So that's exactly why they need to put them in different tiles. So that would make sense. Um, I agree with Kevin. Those two that he said were really great. Uh, Groot takes a bath and Magnum Opus also really enjoyed um, the one with the, I don't remember what it was called. I think it was called the little guy with the yeah. little, little people. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And I now on that same conspiracy line, uh, cause I'm, I'm thinking of like the Pixar shorts, Mm-hmm. And I think all of them are also their own tile too. So maybe they're keeping it in line with that. It just, to me, doesn't make sense. Cause even with those, I feel like over time you could just create Pixar shorts and then within it, all of them would be there versus well, I think, I think, I think a better comparison to we could look to would be, have been the Olaf presents the one where, yeah, like, yeah. Perfect. That uh-huh. feels like a, that feels like, cause that is like a collection of everything. Whereas the Pixar shorts are all like individual they're different, you know, like yeah. since these are so, uh, and I don't remember what, ha- what the Olaf shorts, if they were all, I, I feel like it was all one tile with the episodes. And then yes. at, even at the end, you could, it was like a 20 minute thing where yeah. it would just play all of them yeah. like straight. So that's kind of what I was expecting for this. And then, yeah, when we did the, what, and what was odd though, was when I watched the first one, it didn't, it was, I did watch them on Wednesday when they dropped, it, it didn't have like an auto generate, uh, like, not even the next episode, but just uh, bring up like, oh, yeah. related, watch this now. So I had to like go out, find yeah. the next one. Me you know, too. it was so it was a little not intuitive, which I can under, I think I heard somebody say like, at least for anybody with little kids, like it's going to be hard for like, if a parent just wants to put them on, like to go start one, go back, find the next one, start that, you know, it's not like just something that they could put and just have it autoplay like through all of them or something, you know. Maybe by the time that all of them for season one come out, they'll have something like that. Yeah, um, but it, it maybe, is odd. And maybe they'll rework. Maybe if people com- complain enough, Disney will rework, and maybe the stuff behind the scenes will allow it to separate that one out, but still keep it as like a collection of things. So yeah. yeah, and it's like they, they can do whatever they want. They're the biggest company on the planet. Like they've, I, I, I see and like how they've got the. I, I'm looking at it right now. The I'm Groot shorts tiles. Like that makes yeah. sense to me. It's its own section. You can pick sure. which ones you want. But it also makes sense if you think about it with the other Marvel shorts that they have. Mm-hmm. They're all separated out in, in that timeline right. order, right? So yeah. maybe they're going to throw these all. And I, I could just check right now for uh, if they do that too. That would make sense. But then maybe in like, they also have the ability to have it all in a folder in there, right? right? So like a parent could have press play and watch all the Marvel shorts if they wanted to, but then still have in the timeline order, all of them broken out. That's like, it's an app. You could do that. Like it just takes a couple extra clicks and ones and zeros, I imagine, for them to do something like that. But um, yeah, yeah, so let's uh, let's see if we can. I'm going to check real quick, uh, but I'd like to talk about each of the shorts. Uh, just a little bit. We can dive. <laughs> we'll see how long we can dive into them. But um, they do have. They're they're just listed as brand new. Um, and I wonder if they've got they got timeline order. I'm gonna flip through this real quick and just see if we can see any of them on here. Uh, they are. So Groot's first steps comes right after. It's in between the two Guardians movies, and then the other four are directly after Guardians two, mm-hmm. before Age of Ultron. So there you have it. 
Kevin said uh, but yeah, so forward. I'd like to talk about him for a little bit. Uh, and starting with that Groot's first steps, uh, I thought that one was pretty cute. Uh, baby Groot in the pot is my least favorite baby Groot. And so they even somehow won me over with that. I liked his ability to kind of throw his arms off of him. Like I was always wondering that, okay, where does all of the wood go when he's done using it? And so that was pretty cool. Seeing him punch the tree was great. Uh, and I, for some reason, I, I laughed both times when he starts shivering with the blanket. And then, like, <laughs> like I don't know why that part was really funny. But um, any any thoughts? We'll start. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you on this one. On the, this first one, um, I liked. It was like a little bit of physical comedy of Groot's an animate tree, and the bonsai tree is not an animate tree, and the bonsai tree was beating him every step of the way. You know, so yeah. like it was some of that. You know, so yeah, that was pretty good. Like it was a good good way to start and just get into this shorts but uh like you said yeah it wasn't my what one of my favorite wasn't my favorite of the series as we said but yeah it, it was still enjoyable but yeah not not i left in i was like okay this is pretty good and then as they got on i enjoyed them better ryan same for you yeah i mean i don't even think vin diesel needed to be credited in this one i don't think he said i am Groot one time in this entire first episode he's Me. learning to speak yeah, so uh, they could have paid him for one less episode. It was it was it was a fine episode. Um, I think you know we're getting some of the animations that we'll see for when Mister Fantastic comes into the MCU with the the arm stretching. Um, yeah. that'll be some of the inspiration for the uh, design and VFX of that. But it was a fine episode. Yeah, I agree. Brian uh, Brian pointed out here in the chat too. He said uh, Forky asks a question. Still hasn't had that. Uh, and it's been two and a half years old, which coincidentally is almost as old as Disney Plus at this point. Uh, we're about to hit our three-year anniversary here in November for those of you anniversary holders who are about <laughs> to be out of luck when I guarantee you they are not going to be renewing that really great deal and they're probably going to charge double. But uh, okay, uh, yeah, next one was uh, I Am Groot was the little guy. Uh, that was the one we got the trailer for. Uh, also really cool uh, and better than the trailer because I, I kept thinking, I was like, okay, I'm kind of excited for this one to see what is it like when Groot gets worshipped as a god and it turns out that he just kills them immediately and uh, on accident, which was funny because I, I watched these again with my brother right before this, like a half hour ago. And uh, I was like, Stevie, you're going to, I was like, you're going to like these because he he said he, he likes baby Groot, he hates uh, teen Groot. But I was like, they're only five minutes long. And even more, if you watch all five of them at once, I clocked it at about 20 minutes. So it's not even five minutes an episode because they've got the credits. But uh, I liked this one. And I, I loved the uh, when he's just like, I am Groot. And then all of the you know stuff starts blowing and the people are blowing away. But then I think my favorite bit in this one was the old lady crying as she's like picking the pieces of the plant. She's just crying and she eats a piece and puts more in her basket. Uh, this was a good one. This one was fun. Yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, it would not be a kid friendly show if uh, they killed those little little blue aliens. Right. They and had to pop out and come back up. But it was it was a funny one. Um, it was it was very callback to Infinity War when I am Groot. I am Steve Rogers. Mm -hmm. So I like it. Catch. Yeah, and I liked at the beginning when um, he discovers he can build the whatever and then like it said like what two minutes oh, later right. and then, like he's like built a whole tower and everything like that yeah that tower cool. built in five minutes or whatever yeah. for 37 minutes yeah. <laughs> but that was funny i love that yeah. bird is just like sitting there and then literally the next scene it's made its home in the nest it's got the pieces of wood as a hat on top and then i died when that thing just grabbed it i was like groot that would have been you man like you got lucky 
Um, the Groot's Pursuit was the third one. And this is where we started seeing a theme. I told my brother, I was like, I think he murders somebody in every single one of these episodes. It's very close. He at least does something bad to somebody in all of these episodes. Uh, and so in this one, we got this creepy little uh, goo monster. Like, uh, what is that movie? Aliens versus Monsters or Monsters versus Aliens. Uh, the, the Seth Rogen Groot guy. But yeah, he turns into baby Groot. We get a cool thing with like an Apple watch. And that was James uh, Gunn, by the way, if you didn't know, that was the, who did the, vo the voice of the watch was James Gunn. Oh, oh, I'm gonna have to listen to that again. Do you know who did the voice of the, the thing? Uh, yeah, I can look it up. Um, okay. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't anybody that I knew, but, uh, yeah, if you, I uh, will get back. It was like the classic to. dance instructor, which I was like, yeah. how is this like creature in space? Yeah, it was, um, to do Trevor dance? Duvall. Oh, okay. Has he I, he's just a, he's just a voice actor, I think. Oh, okay, just, that yeah. makes sense, I guess. Felt yeah. like you know, classic Hollywood of like, oh no, you got to do the pirouette and then you got to do this. And I love that Groot's just like, uh huh, uh huh, shoots him out the spaceship, really? easy peasy. Another murder. <laughs> if that creature requires air to breathe. What was the creature that? So it was obviously a, a blob of whatever, and then it was Groot. But what was the creature it kept turning into? Was that something from the comics? Was that like no? A... I think that was like its true form. Oh, okay. I think it was like you know because it's it's its thing is to turn into other things, but it was getting so excited about dancing that it forgot, and so it was like letting its guard down, basically like no, you got to do this, and it turns back into itself. So yeah, I think it's like a giant morph creature. I've never seen mm -hmm. anything like that, but. Who knows? I mean, at that point, once you're in space, I feel like it doesn't even matter what's in the comics. Like, yeah. just make something up as long as it's quirky and it's like, oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, and then we get to Groot Takes a Bath, which, yeah, I think this one may have been my favorite. I know I laughed really hard just because something about him just knowing exactly what to do on this foreign planet to make the perfect bath. Yeah. And then, like, him with the green and dancing around all his different designs were great. Uh, and obviously getting his revenge on that noisy creature at the very end was really nice. Um, but I love the animation on this one really stood out. Like I loved the the blues from the bug and then the greens and how they had it so quickly turned to orange and red for the dead leaves uh, was great. Then I also noticed on a second go the scissor sound effects for his wooden fingers as he's just cutting <laughs> his stuff. Like I was just like the sound was on point. The, the animation was on point. The little cucumber plant looks just like a cucumber. Well, I mean, it, speaking of this, I mean, he also, he made the dolphin noises. There were the dolphin noises. And That's the right. And noises. the horse. Yeah. So like it was playing a little bit with the sound there, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a fun episode. I was just like, what is he doing to this bath? Is he trying to make like some kind of soup? Like I didn't realize, I didn't look at the name of the episode and then I was like, oh. Yeah, it takes a spa. Yeah. <laughs> spa uh, day. But <laughs> he just, uh, he just toyed with that. I don't even know what it was. Rainbow Fox bird squirrel thing the squirrel thing yeah yeah he, he I made mean, the, it uh, the second time watching it too and it's like laughing at him when he's sad i was like dude you're making a big mistake <laughs> and this kid's really tiny but you were making a big mistake also him putting the uh the dirt on top of the two vents and then it just starts bubbling inside because the air has nowhere to go just like that's i don't know it was it was it was great that was probably it was, it was a good episode really good episode uh magnum opus is the final one and this is Groot trying to create his magnum opus art piece again no real damage here except he does steal some hair from rocket's tail uh but he creates a pretty funny sort of drawing of all of them it's a family and, portrait uh yeah family yeah family exactly portrait. a family portrait, family portrait. his final touch which i'm sure many people not me because i hate glitter 
would say is, uh, you know, oh, you know what this thing needs is a little bit of glitter. And how's he get it? By blowing a hole in the ship and exploding <laughs> some things. And I was dying because I was like, oh, of course. I like they I, I wasn't spoiled that Rocket was going to be in this, but people kept saying, oh, there's there's a cameo in here. And it's like, who else is it going to be? Right. There's no one else you would get to have in here. But I was dying at Rocket. He was so funny when he's like, wait, are those the batteries? And he's like, wait, but the, how, why is there water and fire? And he was, oh, what is this? What? It better be a handwritten apology. Yeah. He's got his little glasses, glasses on all that. Yeah. That was awesome. Amazing. Loved that. I thought that was great. And then he almost gets sucked out of the ship, yeah. which was uh, wild as well. Never knew I needed in my life a half live action, half animated rocket or raccoon wearing reading glasses. Never knew I needed that. Did you notice at all? Was this a different animation style? Because he looked almost For identical, but there was a scene where he's standing further away and he almost looks more like Fantastic Mr. Fox, where it's I, a little more stop motion. Yeah, I thought Rocket just looked a little different. I mean, but he's he was that's why they, I think they said that like he was obviously the best candidate because even though it is animated, it's like the photorealistic that they use right. in the because group was always animated you know so it's like they can make the environments and put him in and like whatever you know so and rocket fits that because he's also an animated character you know but i don't know yeah i have, I only watched it the one time but um i did feel like rocket just had like a little different look to it yep. you know just a little bit like like things just it, he looked more fake than he does in the like because he, he his model looks really great like since even since right. the first film and like obviously when they re reiterate it like on the each film it looks better and better you know and so it looked a little different to me but uh, it didn't attract anything you know it, but uh, yeah i thought it just looked a little off but like i said i only watched it once so uh if i watch it again it might be different so hmm. yeah and I, I don't know about you guys but while i was watching them too i had the thought in my mind about all the controversy right now with the the vfx houses and all of the work going and i was just thinking to myself like I wonder what the pitch was for this because I'm sure it was one VFX. I'm pretty sure it was one VFX house that did all of them. Yeah. It and was like, all... Hey, you know, Marvel's looking for a VFX house to do some five minute shorts about Groot. Is anyone interested? And they're just, you know, sweating their heads off because they've got all these other projects they're working on. And they're like, Oh yeah, sure. We'll take that on too. I just, I, I was curious to see, cause it's like they all, they looked fantastic, but that's when I was wondering, like, okay, because clearly, I mean, even in the big movies, right, there's multiple VFX houses mm -hmm. that work on specific scenes. So I was like, I wonder if it was the same VFX house that did Rocket in the past and Groot was, in the past that did this. It was, I know it, it was Luma Pictures and uh, they they definitely did Groot, Baby Groot in Volume 2. So they had his, oh. it's like the same model and they like, they probably, so they probably went back it. to them. We're like, hey, you guys did great work. Do you want to do this? Yeah. And um, so they may have worked on Rocket. I don't know if they did, but obviously they did it in this. So they had, um, they either got the asset or made the asset or updated whatever. But the Groot one, I think I saw an interview with the direct writer director and she said like, in essence, they essentially pulled the asset from volume two, probably did whatever pipeline updates they had to, and it put them in the shorts, you know? So it's the same, it should be the same character that was in volume two. Hmm. Interesting. I, you know, now what I'm thinking about um, is obviously we're filling in a little bit of the gap of what happened between guardians two and infinity war. But there's mm -hmm. a lot of time. I mean, right? If both of both Guardians movies took place in 2014, there's four years of time that's right. like kind of unexplained. So we're filling in a little bit of the gap. But I wonder if there's going to be a big jump in time at some point to get us closer to Infinity War. I hope so. They totally could, because when I when I was watching these, 
something was like I said, I mean, the, I, I love I love all of the Marvel movies. I, I I love them to varying degrees, right? You know, you got your 10 out of 10s and you got your, I think my lowest Marvel movie is a 7 out of 10 still. And these ones are higher up, the Guardians movies. But there's still something about them where I'm just always like, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it. But these shorts, I kept going, I, I need more. Like I got upset every time the episode ended because I was like, man, if I could just get like five more minutes with him. Or I just wanted to see more about that. And so I wonder if in these other portions, because it's not titled I Am Baby Groot. What if in some of these other episodes, it's teen Groot and some of them it's adult Groot doing funny, random things. But like you said, Ryan, you could use those shorts just to bridge some of that gap because the one and two work out so well when you watch the first one and you jump into volume two and it's so easy. It's like, oh, yeah, we just left off. Whereas with this third one, it's not going to be that way, right? We already know from the uh, Comic-Con footage that Gamora is in it the the 2014 so it does take place after endgame it would have made sense maybe for them to have had the third one in between uh, that and infinity war but i like that it's taking place after endgame but you're right they've got some explaining to do because you know what what have they been up to that whole time and maybe we find out or maybe that's a piece of the plot is like oh something that happened that we didn't get to see and now it's being explained to us but very curious yeah so we'll see yeah any other thoughts on Baby Groot before we dive into She-Hulk? Nothing. Let's get I am Groot. I am Groot, yeah. And uh, Brian said he was surprised they got Bradley Cooper for some reason. Uh, but I agree, too. I know when I... I was impressed with this performance, too. I was like, man, he's having fun with this. Like, the the voiceover that he was doing, I'm like, and this is just for some five-minute short. So, honestly, I, I wonder. I bet Bradley Cooper loves doing the Rocket impression. And, yeah. and you know, because I bet you no one ever asks him to do it because they don't realize he's the one who did it, like his actual friends sort of thing, maybe. I don't know. I feel that, that might be a secret lore sort I mean, of thing. I, I'm sure they got him when he was either doing um, uh Thor Ragnarok, Thor Love and Thunder work, or uh, the holiday special, or Volume Three work. They were probably just like, "Hey, yeah, do hey, this Bradley, like, do you got this, like extra five minutes? To yeah, kill? can you do like a half hour and like get give us a couple takes of these like five lines <laughs> and like you know get it done?" Well, uh, you know what? I know Ryan's a betting man. I don't know about you, Kevin, but what what did they pay Vin Diesel per episode? Oh boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Probably. They probably did, they probably didn't do episode. They probably you think they wrote, did a, a, they as like a whole? A, they were like tw- like a half like a half hour show or like or even if they say an hour like an hour's worth of content between this and the next five you know they probably did it that way and did it that way. So what do you think probably, it was over <laughs> under? I think it was a million dollars. No, I can't imagine they paid him a million dollars for an extra hour work. I mean, I don't know what he gets for the movie. Oh, that's what I'm saying. On top of Guardians. Like, it was probably just like, all right, here's a signing bonus for Guardians 3 in the holiday special. Here's like an extra 750K. Or may- maybe they worked it into his contract of like, you know, as needed work. Like, we'll call you and you have to come in. And it's part of the 20 million we paid you on the first half. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. I, I have no idea. Like, I would have to know what he got in the films and then to even make any stab at a guess. Yeah. But- <laughs> I'll stick with a million. Here's a gift card to Amazon for a hundred bucks <laughs> and just show up. Yeah. We'll give you an Avengers gift card and an Applebee's gift card. <laughs> uh, okay. Well then let's dive into She-Hulk. So the newest Marvel show coming on Disney plus on Thursday, uh, Thursdays. Now the brand new, uh, I, we'll start there guys. I'm a fan of that. I honestly, <laughs> I'm a fan of any day we get Marvel content, so they could put it out on any day, but 
I like Thursdays. Thursdays is Friday Eve. You could watch that and you'll know like the weekend's about to be here. I was telling Kevin, you could also wait a day. I don't think you're going to get that spoiled. I don't know. Could be wrong. But I feel like if you even waited a day and had that as like your Friday night sort of thing, that would work out really nice. I like the day. What do you, well, Ryan, we'll start with you. What do you think about it being on Thursdays? Um, I, I personally, personally, I don't like it just because uh, I go into the office on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So now oh. I have to, I was, I usually work from home on Wednesdays. So that kind of sucks. But other than that, like, it's fine. It, it doesn't matter if it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like I'm going to watch it whenever you drop it pretty much. So you don't work at 3am though on Thursdays, do you? No, I don't, but I do have to drive out there and be up okay. early. So <laughs> I um, do not recommend watching these at 3am guys. And I know Kev, Kevin, uh, what about you? Are you going to be watching at 3am? Uh, no, I well, I, I was saying just because this has been my most anticipated and I do feel like I, I'm coming in with this with so much more of the comics history and character history that like I might be like, oh, I'm so excited and I want to see what's next that I might do like a 3 a.m. watch of this. But uh, no, regularly I wouldn't do that. And uh, I mean, Thursday, it doesn't matter to me. It's just like I got used to the Wednesdays and now we're going to Thursdays, you know, so next then in like three shows, we're going to move to Tuesdays and then another three we'll go to mondays and then we'll have hit every day of the work week you know so Man, i don't know if they'd <laughs> ever make something drop on a monday no i don't think so it would be yeah i think they would stick to wednesday thursday friday but um, tuesday maybe because the, the only reason i'd say tuesday is because that's when like a lot of the physical media comes out on tuesday sure. so yep. maybe they're trying to you know yeah. heads their but, bets so they get something hitting on tuesdays well, well. They, i feel like their release day now has been wednesdays for that like didn't oh, dr yeah. strange come out on a wednesday too I thought it was uh, well, the, like the, no, no, like I'm the talking blue. about on Disney Plus. Like oh, they, they didn't release the new content. As I know Disney Plus was either it was Wednesday or Friday because I, I thought was, they was Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And I'm are we all in agreement they're doing that because of Star Wars? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and or yeah, I'm kind of. Yep. Probably because they they saw what happened when you were overlapping Obi Wan and Miss Marvel, and it, one of yep. them suffered. So they're like, all right, we got to move the days. Yeah. I mean, Disney I release the numbers. Let us see it, please. <laughs> I mean, I thought like, well, they already they like. I mean, they already delayed Andor like a few more weeks from when they originally said. So I thought right. when they did that, oh, they could have just moved that to Thursdays, you know. And I don't know, Star Wars just feels like that's a better tee up to the weekend, you know, with the scale and everything like that. So um, obviously, yeah, one of them had to move. They chose to move the Marvel series. Um, so yeah, we'll see if moving forward. If Star Wars does stick to Wednesdays and Marvel sticks to Thursdays, or they flip flop at some point and one's on one, you know, who knows? But I think that'll get people confused if they switch it now at this point anymore. Um, so, um, yeah, but it's definitely because of Amber, because with Miss Marvel and Obi Wan, it didn't produce the results that I think at least people who watched it felt because we were all watching it were like, oh, Miss Marvel's so great, but everywhere was like on the internet was like, oh, look at Obi Wan over here, and they weren't looking at Miss Marvel, you know, when they probably could have as well. So. Yeah, uh, Kevin, yeah. just so you know, uh, Babu's freaking podcast is on Sundays. So if you want to say that Star Wars is better than Marvel, you can go over on Sundays. Today we talk about Marvel and say Ooh, Marvel. I, I'll say, I uh, I think I may have mentioned this, but when, when that was going on, I was always watching Star Wars first because it could not compete with Miss Marvel. It was like, just get that episode, get that Obi-Wan episode out of the way so that I can enjoy Miss Marvel. No offense to a couple of the episodes of Obi-Wan, but... <laughs> That, that that show left a lot to be desired. Uh, okay, so Thursdays, again, premiering August 18th. It's going to run through October 13th. 
uh, which is kind of exciting. I think that's going to take us up until the presumed uh, holiday special for Halloween, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll find out here soon in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm personally excited about all of that just because by the time we get to Disney plus day, She-Hulk's going to already be out. So there'll be no marketing for She-Hulk in there, right? They're not going to have any trailers or anything. Uh, so it's all going to be fresh stuff. The synopsis unless they, we've got. Unless, unless they talk about like whatever that one, that um, episode drops like right before Disney plus, like, I don't know if they lined it up. So like there's a big thing or something and they like bring somebody out mm. on stage, you know, I feel like they could do that or Like you said, it's, it's going to be well if it is right what do you have the dates on that kev yeah it's september 10th is the uh so that'd be that would be the fourth episode so maybe the fourth episode is when daredevil does his landing or whatever it lands in and then charlie cox shows up at disney right and then he he could talk about uh maybe they could finally confirm him in echo talk about uh born again you know so, so they could do something like that you know that that's the only thing that that's the only thing i can think of with she hulk Related at Disney D twenty three, you know. Otherwise, I think, like you said, Alex, it would just be newer or other things that are coming down the pipe. Yeah. So I, the only re- I love, I love that idea, and I think that'd be brilliant if they could tie the two together. The only reason I would probably bet against that would be because for San Diego Comic Con, Miss Marvel had already been over for a week or two, and they mm. didn't even show anything from the Marvels for that one, right? Because they were afraid, I guess, of Spoiling well, but maybe they're doing that one for Disney Plus Day, too. Right, so that's why, you know, so. with the shows, I think they might wait a couple more weeks to start putting stuff that's from fair. the shows into a live panel. Yeah. That's fair. It, that's fair. It's exciting. You know what's funny? I it, it, It's exciting to not know because I feel like we got so much stuff at, at uh, Comic-Con, and now it feels like there's possibility for even more stuff coming, and we have no idea what yeah. it is. Like, the excitement's back. I thought it wasn't going to come back, but it is. Uh, and then for those of you trying to avoid spoilers, the world premieres at the El Capitan Theater today, tonight. It might even be happening right now. It may have already happened. So um, keep your eyes closed on social media if there is anyone out there sharing any spoilers. Though I honestly doubt that there's even going to be any in the first episode. It's probably more. I mean, I guess based on what Kevin's going to share with us a little later about some of the backstory and pieces that are coming from, um, maybe they're considered spoilers. I have no idea. So um synopsis again for those of you unfamiliar uh she is a single she hulk jennifer walters a single 30 something attorney who also happens to be a giant six foot seven super powered hulk um again according to the disney what is it disney uh it's like meet the characters it says that she gets a blood transfusion from her cousin bruce banner uh, after she's involved in a car accident uh, all of which I'm assuming is going to be the first. I, I would hope if they're smart, it's going to be the first episode. Get the backstory out of the way, especially when it's very similar to Doctor Strange's backstory. Though I imagine the reason for her getting in the wreck is completely different. But um, it stars Tatiana Maslany as Jennifer Walters. We've got Jamila Jamil as Titania. Uh, Ginger Gonzaga as Nikki Ramos, Jennifer's best friend. Uh, which I thought interesting in what you were mentioning with that, Kevin, was um, that she supports her being She-Hulk and wants her to be yes. She-Hulk more than Jennifer Walters. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that I, I like that. I like having the friend pushing pushing them. Uh, Mark Ruffalo reprising his role as Bruce Brant Banner. We got Renee Elise Goldsberry as Mallory Brooke. Tim Roth is back as the Abomination. Benedict Wong as Wong. Uh, and Charlie Cox as Daredevil and Matt Murdock. So, Kevin, any other people you want to call out from that list? 
yeah, uh, well, I'll just circle back on what you said quickly um, for about uh, Jennifer Walters, um, about getting the, yeah, she gets the transfusion. Well, in the comics, she's um, she's um, shot and uh, she uh, by some gangsters or whatever, uh, inadvertently, I, if I remember correctly. And so then, yeah, Bruce comes and gives her a blood transfusion and that's how she gets the blood, becomes a She-Hulk. In the series, it looks like they're in a car based on some of the clips they've shown already uh, in a car. They get in a car accident, and somehow through the accident, their blood is mixed or whatever, and that's how she becomes. So pretty similar to the comics, which is pretty good, but it looks like they changed it a little bit, but not nothing too drastic. Um, yeah, and then, uh, like you said, yeah, Ginger Gonzaga is uh, her best friend, Nikki Ramos, who um, I don't think that character was in the comics, but I think there was another character in the John Byrne run who I think they might be adapting her a little bit on. Um, and then, yeah, some additional ones. Uh, we have Josh Segara as Augustus Pug Puglisi. Uh, he's a uh, part of the legal team um, with Walters and Ramos um, at their law firm. And then we also have uh, John Bass as Todd, who is a potential suitor for Walters, um, who he just started online dating and I think he eventually becomes one of her clients. So that's some of the people who've confirmed to be like the starring cast of the show. And then there's a couple more based on some teaser, the trailers and such of some characters that there's a Frogman who's a vigilante wearing a frog theme costume. And then um, look, people have said that members of the group, uh, the wrecking crew appear to be in the series as well. Nice. So those are some additional, uh, some additional characters that we have. Oh, and also uh, somebody is playing a, uh, Dennis Buck Bukowski, who was um, in the early uh, Stan Lee, the very first uh, series, he was the district attorney. So I think the photos of him have been shown in the courtroom. So he's either the DA, lawyer, or some type, somebody in that world translating over as well. So. so it sounds like they're blending in things from multiple storylines, which yeah, it sounds, is usually I, what they're doing. Yeah, I think I read that the Jessica Gao, the, the head writer, she said she pretty much took stuff from the first issue that Stan Lee wrote. Cause then after that issue, he didn't really write a anymore. Uh, somebody else took over for the Savage She-Hulk um, the John Byrne sensational She-Hulk run and the Dan, the Dan Slott run in the mid two thousands. And then the Charles soul looking at all those and essentially like taking all the components and kind of like melding them to make it all cohesive and stuff, which I think is a really great approach because each, each section of She-Hulk's history in the comics is pretty unique and they kind of, they don't really step on each other, but they kind of like change it throughout. But I think there's a good way that you can meld the best parts of each of those runs into one, like one story. And I, I think you can get the best of everything, which I'm hoping the series will be. Yeah. They did that with Moon Knight. Yes. Cause you know, he was kind of the same. This is the year for kind of those quirky, you know, C level C list characters to finally get a really good story based on all the really great stories they got over time. Um, I'll, I'll call it some of the other creatives. You said Jessica Gao, uh, who's the head writer. She and she's done Robot Chicken, Rick and Morty, Silicon Valley, some of the best shows out there. Zeb Wells is doing episode seven. Um, Zeb Wells is the current writer right now for Amazing Spider-Man. He's done such hits as uh, Hellions. He did a stint on the prior Spider-Man story. Uh, that's super exciting. Cat Coiro as well is the director for the first four episodes and the last two. So she's kind of like, uh, what is it, Ideal and Falal from, or Bilal mm -hmm. from Miss Marvel, where they're kind of basically the main directors, but they yeah. don't direct every episode. They do the intro and then the ending. Um, she directed stuff from Dead to Me, Shameless, Modern Family, Always Sunny, 
and uh, girls five eva so um awesome we're in great hands i think with that and then a new valia uh, is the director of five through seven who did never did never have i ever and uh nora from queens and ap bio so Really she might have done, uh, one, one of them, I think, also may have done some Brooklyn Nine-Nine episodes, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure which one or if that's even hmm. correct. But I do believe, uh, yeah, one of them did Brooklyn Nine-Nine. One of them did, or they both did. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine is somewhere in their, their history. <laughs> Hopefully the, the earlier seasons. I, I believe so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. And so uh, I'll go over development. And then, Ryan, I'm going to go over to you to kind of get some thoughts from you on, on the show. So the um, show was announced at the D23 conference back uh, in 2019. So we've been waiting for the show for quite some time. Uh, being developed on the streaming service, part of the shared universe. And you know that was when Jessica Gao was hired as the director. And Foley served as costume designer after previously working on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, and Daredevil's costume is similar to the red one he wore on Netflix. Again, I still haven't caught this from what I watched. Apparently it's yellow in this. So I'm going to be, I've seen some stills now, but I'm going to yeah, be pumped as heck yeah. when I see it in the, the show. Um, based on his the very first Daredevil costume is, is mostly yellow, which was kind of interesting choice. The red obviously suits him better, but the yellow is great. Um, and then, yeah, so, so Ryan, talk to me. What, uh, what's got you excited for this show? Is this was this one of your most anticipated, or was this kind of like middle of the pack, bottom of the pack? So as we learned more about it, it definitely like rose and rose and rose. Once we learned it was going to be a comedy, definitely uh, rose. Once we got an act, an actress playing She Hulk, definitely rose. You know, Jamila Al Jamil is the villain, rose even higher, and it just slowly started to creep up to get towards the top of Phase Four. And I was like, yeah, I'm excited for this. I like the Hulk. Um, my brother's a huge Hulk fan, so he's going to probably, he doesn't watch everything, so he'll probably tune in for this. So that'll be exciting. I get something to talk about with him. And I'm, I'm super pumped. I mean, knowing that the costume designer was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. makes me uh, very happy and knows that that's going to, uh, I don't know. Maybe come back at some point with some new characters. Maybe show. Interesting, yeah. Why would the costume designer of Agents of Shield be on uh, this one if not get for like, a super like tinfoil hat? Appearance? Real quick, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm very very excited for this. It's more Marvel content, no matter what it is. I'm excited. So this is, but I'm this one in particular is going to be great. Nice. I mean, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Ryan. Uh, the series is set in L.A. Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider is set in L.A. Don't do it to me. Yeah. <laughs> There's the, I don't know. Yeah, Man, we could, and that could be building towards like a Ghost Riders type thing because you could get Johnny Blaze in there, get Robbie Reyes, get Kashala. Woo! Oh, that would be good. Okay. Um, from my end, this was on the low end of my um, thing. I, I've made no secret. She-Hulk isn't one of my favorite characters. I, just, I never grew up with her. I never read any of her comics. Um, there's a lot. There's so many Marvel characters. And I did read whenever she was in like the Avengers story. So like Jason Aaron's Avengers run, I've seen her in there and I think she's great in that. I read her during Marvel Civil War back in the day. Uh, but I was she was never one of the ones who were like, oh, name your top 20. I mean, even probably top 30. It should probably make it. But like you said, Ryan. As we've learned more about it, Jamila Jamil is a big one for me, too. Uh, Tatiana Maslany, I have only seen her in Parks and Rec. And so, but then knowing her work from Orphan Black and her ability to play multiple different characters, she's saying she's having a really good time with the the uh, comedy as well. I'm a huge fan of when a serious actor is doing comedic work because typically 
they do it really well just because I feel like to be funny, you have to all, you have to be a serious person a lot of the time too. Cause then you know when to drop, you know, a funny line here or there. So, and then her walk working off of uh, Bruce Banner as well, I think is going to be really interesting to see. We saw some fourth wall breaking in the, uh, the trailer. I'm curious to see where that goes and how maybe that ties to Deadpool or something. Uh, man, there's just, there's a lot of what ifs with this that make me excited. I'm excited for the abomination excited for Wong. Uh, Kevin, let's talk a little bit about the timeline because oh, yes. you shared an article uh, that yes. had me uh, just a, a buzz thinking about it. So this, th theoretically, this is taking place after Shang-Chi, mm -hmm. but before, what was it? Um, the other stuff. So like before Hawkeye, Falcon, the Winter Oh, Pete. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there were, yeah, the article, is they're doing um, press now and, um, I think I believe it was TV line. They asked Jessica Gao. They were like, "We're in the time because they were like, people have been saying like, oh, in the trailers we see Smart Hulk, but then we still see Bruce Banner with his sling, which we saw in Shang Chi, and so from the injury from Endgame. But then like as he's Smart Hulk, he's not injured anymore. So it's like, is stuff taking place during the blip? Is it like also at, you know? So like, what's happening? And so she said it's taking place uh, not too far after Shang Chi, but she's like not like years. She's like just a little bit. So presumably a couple months or like, so yeah, so she's definitely between, I would say she, Shang-Chi in the MCU timeline is around spring-ish of 2024. And then another marker that you can have is Hawkeye is Christmas of 2024. So I'd say she, it's definitely somewhere between those two, where exactly it places. We'll find out, I think on Thursday when Disney plus puts it on the timeline, but after Shang-Chi and probably before Hawkeye, I would imagine. So huh. is, Remind me, is mm -hmm. Spider-Man No Way Home Christmas 24 also is a Christmas yes. 23? No, it's Christmas 24. So okay. it goes, so it that... goes uh, Shang-Chi, uh, I think Falcon Winter Soldier is either before or after, and then uh, Eternals, Far From Home, No Way Home, Multiverse of Madness, Hawkeye. Okay, so this, obviously the, his in, uh, Charlie Cox as Daredevil's introduction to the MCU was in Spider-Man No Way Home. Correct. But this very well could be the first time that he meets anybody in the MC in the timeline proper. Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Even though it's a, yeah. So that's, and then also considering too with Wong, which everybody we're now in phase Wong, which everybody's been saying, cause he's popping up everywhere, which is amazing. Uh, this will be before obviously multiverse of madness in theory. So, and, and no way home. So um, people in theory still, well, in theory still know who Spider-Man is and all the events of multiverse of madness with, the um, Darkhold and all the because I think in one of the trailers he says like the Book of Shanty and I don't remember if that was what happened with that in Multiverse of Madness or it got what, destroyed. It got destroyed, yeah. So it's not destroyed yet. So that's well, that okay. Yeah. For the record, though, if I'm remembering right, that universe's Book of the Shanty got destroyed. So theoretically, Correct. the book is still available in our in the main six. Well, I thought channel. I thought that was one that it was only in one point in the in the multiverse. Yeah, because wasn't that the what if episode where it was like the book of Shanti is only in one? Yeah, there's only oh, one. Oh, but yeah. the grim the gr oh, grimoire the what the other book Dark, Dark Hole, Hole is Hole. in every universe. Yeah, I guess I so. so. A more yeah. corruptible book probably would be yeah. in every universe. But, Leave it yeah. to the the one rare Funko Pop that's only available in one universe versus <laughs> the hundreds of uh, I don't know. Take your pick at the most common. And Funko Pop yeah. that's out there. That's oh, the Agent Thirteen Funko Pop is uh, <laughs> what's hanging out there, basically. Um, so yeah, okay. The thing I'm thinking of with this then mm -hmm. is Shang Chi is in L.A. as well. Well, not technically L.A. They're in Sacramento, right? 
uh, or San Francisco. I thought they were in, yeah, I thought they were in San Francisco, but I, Francisco, I don't but remember. Hey, that's pretty close to LA. If needed. Yeah. He's on the West coast for sure. So yeah. yeah. Well, cause there's the scene when they start the, uh, the movie starts with the golden gate bridge. As they're going, like right before it gets to his valet job. So oh, right, right, right. Um, yep. that would be interesting to see if this takes place afterwards, right? You know, Wong mm-hmm. uh, ha- has already visited Shang-Chi and now he's visiting him. I-, I don't know why he would need a lawyer, or, you know, whatever it is. Yep. There's just so many opportunities of people getting, you know, needing a lawyer, having a reason to interact with She-Hulk in this. Because, again, if Daredevil follows his comic book storyline of going to L.A. and that's his reason, or maybe he's representing somebody. But you bring up a good point as well that this is his first foray. I saw an interview and maybe you shared it, Kevin, or I just saw it on Twitter about um, they had asked, I think it was Gao or, or it was Tatiana maybe about. Is this, you know, is this the same Daredevil from the Netflix shows? Like, let's grab some of the low-hanging fruit. And she said, I can't reveal anything, but she said that they were very purposeful, I think is what her words were, very purposeful with what they wanted to do with him. So I think... Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I, I don't think... I don't remember where I saw it, but it was, it was something where it was like, she didn't confirm anything, but I just... It's going to be exciting to see him in this because we're going to get way more answers mm-hmm. than we did in No Way Home. No Way Home right. was like the tease, right? And th- this, yeah. I think, will will flesh it out. I kind of yeah. hope we see them fight each other. Not not physically. Seems like physically is going to happen, but uh, in the courtroom. Yeah, I think, like you said, Alex. I think because we're well, it's been said that um, his appearance in the show is it's not good. It's not going to be probably as short as like what No Way Home was. Like, I think it'll be a slightly more substantial cameo based on what people have been saying, um, which I don't think is a spoiler, but it's just like that's out there. But I think, yeah, we're going to learn more of, OK, like what how is Marvel approaching the Netflix stuff? Is it are we just continuing straight on from like what those because like you like we said, the, the costume is like based on the still that we've seen it like it visually looks identical i think they're like the helmet has a slight change around the ear but it's like it, the, except for the colors like the costumes are like if you put photos next to them it's the same from the netflix series so then it's like okay so then what story wise are they like are they going to continue from what happened at the end and then we're like okay those are quote-unquote canon or they're like oh everything is that happened elsewhere but we have stuff that were similar you know so right um i think we'll we'll find that out um for sure and i think we'll get more clues as to what's going on and then i think echo will give us even more of what's happening yeah um i'm i'm very curious how they do that because obviously that could give us a clue as to what they're going to do to reintroduce agent shield but aside from that um just something I've been thinking about while you both have been talking for the last few minutes is if this is after Shang-Chi and I know Kevin, you had brought this up. If this is after Shang-Chi and we see a human Bruce Banner in Mm Shang-Chi, but in this one we're seeing smart Hulk, is he now have the ability to change back and forth again or what's actually happening? Because otherwise it doesn't make sense for the timeline and I can't get that out of my head, like how that's going to work. That, yeah, I mean, I think I think we'll see that because, um, like, what Alex is saying about the introduction of how uh, uh, Jen, Jennifer Walters and her cousin Bruce, they're in a car accident, you know, I right. think that's probably what we're going to see in the early part. And if that's technically, yeah, and that, if they're not going, like, super flashbacky, but it's like, that's where it is, you know, so then, yeah, we're, we're, they're going to have to hopefully explain, like, why he's able to revert back now. And, and then when he does rechange, because we do see him as 
smart Hulk, so he has to change back. So it's like, what? How, how is the change still? So do they smart actually Hulk? reveal that in the trailers, Kevin? I've only seen the most recent trailer. You mentioned something about a clip or something like that. Does it show the car accident? Yes. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, well, there's a, there was a recent clip. I know I didn't watch it. I think uh, Brian had shared with our group that it's like they're in the car and they're talking or whatever. Her and, and Bruce. Her and Bruce. They're humans. talking in the humans. Yes. They're in the car. But I think in yeah, in one of the trailers or maybe the one that's the little behind the scenes look, it like it shows the two of them like on the ground. He's in his sling. The car has crashed. So so yeah. So I. And within the car, like I said, it it is Bruce and her. So it's not like she's driving Hulk in a car or something, you know? So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So how... then what did it say in the th- – hold on, because that, that's interesting. <laughs> in the... My mind said that, okay, you know, as the Hulk, she gets into her car accident, gives him a call, and he's like, oh, well, needles can't pierce my skin. So I'm going to just use the antidote. Because, like, he's smart Hulk, right? He would have a way to bring himself back to being regular Bruce. Like – he would have created that as a fail safe. Does it gives her the blood transfusion and then changes back? But if you're telling me they're both in the car and already, yeah, no, no, they're, like, yeah, what they're, was it, the reason? It looks like they're both in the car, and from the clip, like he's like Bruce is cut, and like she's cut, and somehow their blood mixes that way, and that's how. Basically, like I said, I haven't fully watched it because I was trying to avoid like not. Yeah, fully I, I did it, but, fully watch it. Yeah. Um, they don't show blood mixing or anything like that okay. but they do show the crash and they do show them like kind of rolling down a hill mm-hmm. um so then it goes to the part of the trailer with uh jen getting like green flushed in the eyes yeah. and everything right yeah oh maybe it was i think it was yeah. a, a thing that was on marvel's website the oh, like, okay. marvel in general they mm-hmm. said the thing about the blood transfusion talking about the show Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which, so it's again, Marvel, they don't know. I mean, they're, they're doing the best they can, right? You know, the right. only thing they're good for is spoiling the episode 15 minutes after it airs with their, here's our case files for the show. And it's like, you know, just watch the episode. You're literally recapping it, you know, beat by beat. We're well, already going to do that the week after. So, you know, you're taking our jobs away from us. So. All of Disney does that. I mean, ESPN, ABC, they all love to do oh, that. Man. I mean, Grey's, Grey's Anatomy, I've been spoiled on 15 minutes after the episode comes out. So unbelievable it's it's crazy though like i said i have a lot of hope for this one just because i don't know it feels so innocuous when you watch these trailers like yeah we got daredevil but it just there's a piece of this where it's like how is this i guess you know the hulk bit of it all but i I just feel like people aren't going to be as rabid about this one as they are about i'm trying to think of what was the one where it was like they were spoiling day of well, like Spider-Man no way home sort of level of stuff. Like that was insane. I hope this one's a little calmer. Miss Marvel wasn't bad at all. I feel like i never saw a single spoiler for that one and you couldn't really spoil it anyway. So I'm hopeful for, for that. Certainly. Um, okay. So let's, <clears throat> we're getting close to the end here, Ryan, we'll, we'll go on your end. What are some expectations that you have for this movie again, obviously or show and not like a, Oh, it needs to do this, but like, what are some things you're hoping happens in here? Are there any predictions that you have? Um, I mean, I, I hope it makes me laugh a whole lot. Um, Good you know, one. Yep. Comedies are sometimes hit or miss with me. So I'm hoping that, and I'm thinking it will, I'm going to enjoy it. It's Marvel. Um, some other things that I, you know, hope happens is I, I hope that I, I know, I think it was um, the head, head writer, uh, Gal, right? Jessica Gal. Jessica Gal. I couldn't remember if it was Jennifer or Jessica. I'm getting Jennifer Walters, yeah. Jessica Gal. Um, had said that there is going to be tons of cameos, and I'm wondering if there's other ones other than the ones we've seen. I'm ex- I'm oh yeah, almost expecting there are a couple. 
Um, I don't know exactly who, but cameos are always fun, even if it's for 30 seconds and we see, you know, I don't know, a poster for like Dum Dum Dugan somehow. I, I don't know, like whatever it is. Cameos and little Easter We see eggs. Quake walking around the street or something. <laughs> you won't need an Earth's Mightiest Weirdos episode to hear me shriek. You'll hear that across <laughs> the country. So um, just uh, a lot of fun Easter eggs, cameos, and uh, finding out some more information about how both She-Hulk, regular Hulk, and Daredevil play into the future of the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. What about you, Kevin? Uh, yeah, I'll echo what uh, uh, Ryan said. Yeah, hoping to laugh. I'm I'm excited to see more of how they approach the fourth wall uh, and the meta stuff because uh, She-Hulk was uh, doing that for, in the comics before um, Daredevil or before uh, Deadpool was. And I know a lot of people now are uh, I haven't watched, but the show Fleabag I think did a lot of that as well. And people are like, oh, they're copying Fleabag, and they're like, no, we're doing what She-Hulk did in the comics like back in the '80s, you know. So it's like um but yeah so i'm excited to see that and then how that all melds with the more modern takes in the comics and how they're what they're adapting and such and yeah on the cameos yeah i'm i'm excited i feel the when they've been saying a lot of cameos i feel like a good portion of that is all these small minor obscure characters that are going to pop up that like we haven't seen them before obviously but like if they're like somebody in the comics who was in two issues or like one issue or whatever, you know, so it's going to be like very obscure, very weird types. But then the other small portion of that is going to be people we know beyond Wong and Daredevil. And I mean, I'm hoping myself that uh, Jessica Jones appears. That's, that was the, a rumor from like, I feel like right after D23, 2019, like two months ago, it was like, Oh, Jessica Jones is coming back in this series. And it was like, was it really like, and then like, we haven't really heard anything like they obviously haven't spoiled it or whatever, but I feel like maybe if episode four, yeah. Or five, like ends with, you just see the leather jacket and the jeans or something. And like the black hair, she's like, uh, like, yeah. Cause I, um, she's friendly. Cause Jessica and Jennifer are friendly in the comics, you know? So it's like, that would, that would make sense. But again, to me, I don't know why Jessica Jones would be out in LA unless she's like either investigating for somebody or something or because uh, if Jen is still out in mm. LA, you know, like, I don't know why, but I, I just want to see uh, Kristen Ripper back as Jessica Jones before oh. further other appearances. But Ryan, did you have something? Yeah, something just came to me. Okay, so obviously the Netflix shows, we know what's ha what happens in those. I think we've all watched them. Um, what And she works closely with um, the law firm I can't remember. Jerry is Jerry like, Hogarth. Oh, Jerry, yeah, the, Jerry, Jerry Hogarth. Yeah, yeah. So, what if she needs a clean break from that after what happens at the end of season three? So she, you know, starts in L.A. and she starts working for a law firm as a private investigator, and the law firm is the same one that Jen Walters works at. I, and that's how Daredevil gets over there. Okay, and hang there's on. There's a receipt. There's a receipt. There's a receipt. We're diving even yeah. deeper. <laughs> what if after the events of the Defenders and the events of Netflix? That all four of them, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Dare, they all were like, honestly, guys, we're done with New York. And they all moved to LA. Boom. And they've Let's all started go. their new lives in LA. And that would make sense, right? Most people do that. Yeah. They just head to LA. Yeah. Uh, that would be kind of cool. And then the, the whole thing again takes place in LA. And the Kingpin's in LA. Just oh my yeah, might be getting a little too far. Yeah. But yeah, I like I, that's I I can see that as a story point of them, or at least that they're like. Maybe if she's not permanently out there, but the law firm law firm is trying wants a private investigator. They know about her yes. and they they get her. I can I 
yeah, I can see that. But but to me, then it's going to be okay. At least in the like Alex, you were saying that comics run. Daredevil does go out to L.A. for a time, you know, and doesn't. Right. So to me, that would just be like, okay, they're both out here. Like that's just I'm like you know. So like, it, it, I feel like one one will definitely have to be there for like a time and probably Matt as like doing law. But then like if Jessica Jones appears, it would just be like, a, I'm not actually in LA. Like I'm just coming to work with the fur, you know, like she'll still right. be in New York. You know what I mean? Like, it would just be, I think the whole like, Oh, they're all in LA. Like that's just, that just feels a little, but that's like, that's the comics, whatever of like, uh, you know, the West coast Avengers, right. all of that stuff is like, Oh, we wanted a fresh start. So we went to LA and sure. so like, Matt Murdock could go there to get his fresh start, but then he's on some case and he needs an investigator and he calls Jessica and it's like, Hey, and she's sure. like, actually that's perfect. Cause I also need a fr Like I hate it here. Like they, <laughs> they all could just be leaving and it would right. make sense that way. But yeah, if they just were like, look who's here. Yeah. And it's like this group all photo, I'd like, be like, yeah, that's well, I, I would be more inclined to think it would be the other way around that Jessica is actually the one that starts in LA with the law firm as a private investigator, just mm -hmm. because narratively, to get Matt Murdock in New York and Spider-Man No Way Home, um, he would have had to kind of have already been there. That's a good point. So, true. I mean, That's maybe true. he could have started in L.A. and by the end of the show, he ends up back in New York. But in terms of just getting uh -huh. Matt out there, you know, there's a private investigator case, you know, maybe, maybe they become friends, her and Jessica Jones at the end of the series. But that's not until Matt Murdock goes up against her in a case representing Jessica Jones's client. Yeah, because I think what, you know, theoretically, he would need to have a license to practice law in New York City, yes, and he would yes. have to have a separate license for L.A., for California, which yeah. I don't think, I mean, California is one of the strictest states out there, so it would probably be almost impossible for him to do. Hey, but he's Matt Murdock. He probably, if anyone could pull it off, it would be him. Uh, my expectations, I, I'm with Ryan. I hope the show's really funny. I know there's going to be some cringy comedy in here, but I just hope that the really good comedy outweighs some of those jokes that probably aren't going to land. I'm excited to see where she fits in the MCU as well. Is she, how is she going to step out of the shadow? Because that was one of the reasons I never read her as, you know, growing up was I was just like, it's just the Hulk, but it's a girl like, you know, you know what I mean? And so I was like, OK, how, how do you do that in the show? How do you separate her outside of Bruce's shadow? You already kind of see a little bit of that in the trailer in terms of she clearly has a better grasp on things. She's way ahead of it. But I'd I want to see how that whole thing goes. And then I also really want to see some really great um, female relationships in this. It seems like there's a lot of strong, strong, both uh, figuratively and literally uh, women in the show. And I really want to see how they interact. And, and hopefully we get some good um good tension and good kind of you know relationships will they won't they whatever it ends up being i'm here for it and i also am totally here for those cameos too uh but i'm going to try and keep my expectations low on that because i know i will be so disappointed <laughs> if it is just you know we see frogman and that's it sort so of thing like alex that. quickly yeah. if you'll let me interject just please kevin said that his number one cameo he's looking for is jessica jones right yeah who would be your number one cameo that if you could pick any character that we haven't seen or even that we have seen that has a expanded role? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, Oh, I was going to say based on the, uh, comics, I'd probably say Hellcat would be oh. my one. Cause she's best friends with awesome. Jen too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would, t and I loved, I don't remember her name, but I love the girl who played Hellcat. Rachel Walker, Jessica Jones. Rachel she, Walker, what was her name? Rachel, Rachel Walker. Walker I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And pa playing Patsy Walker. Um, I, or yeah, no, maybe so her last name wasn't. Mine. Her first name was Rachel. I don't know. If yeah, it was, it was definitely Rachel. Yeah, something. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, so yes, the uh, Hellcat would be great, especially now, right? She's got, I think she's, I'm, she might need representation if I'm thinking back to what happens to her at the last yeah. season, right? Doesn't she mm-hmm. get into some hot water? I think so, yeah. And then we don't hear from her again. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Plus, she was she was such a badass. Like, she was, woo, she fighting, and she's got some powers now, too. Uh, yeah, that'd be my book. But yeah, but going off of that, Alex, yeah, like, and what Ryan said, yeah, Jessica Jones is like, I, I'm with you, too. Like, I'm not, like, keep, keeping any expectations for, like, any cameos. If people show up, it's like, oh, that's great. Like, but yeah, Jessica Jones is the only one that I'm just, like, I'm hoping for by the end of the series. Just because it was kind of stoked back. The fire for that rumor yeah. was like put out there. And so I'm just like, I hope it comes through and I hope it was true. Uh, but I, but if it doesn't, I know she hopefully will be appearing sooner rather than later in the MCU, you know, but um, yeah, that's the, that's the only one that I'm just like, I'm hoping for that one, but everything else I'm like, if I get it, if we get anything else, I'll be like, Oh, that's just a cherry. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. All right. Any uh, rhyme will top you off. Any final thoughts on she Hulk or I am Groot? Um, nothing on I am group. I'm excited to have more Marvel comic content. I'm excited to have our first legal comedy and, uh, I'm excited to see what she Hulk does in the MCU. Yes. Yes. Kevin, uh, two other things. One of the other promos, um, that was released last week or whatever was a very much a spoof on the law and order. And they had the guy with the voiceover and then the guy said, done, done, you know? And I'm just like, I hope if like one of the openings one week does it, or if that is the opening or somehow if they show, I hope they do that in it. Cause it's like, that was just really great and really funny. And just because everybody knows law and order as like the lead, that's like the top legal drama like ever. Cause like everybody yeah. knows it and whatever. Um, so them to like spoof or riff on that would be great. And uh, the second thing was I saw, I think I saw yeah earlier today um because like i said the press has been they've been seeing episodes and whatever and this uh slightly spoilers but not really uh i think they're doing something interesting or more akin to comedies with the mid credits i think there may be more than we are assume but like you know how in a normal comedy like they get to the end of the act break and then like the end is like a tag like at least parks and rec did it or whatever and like might not be like yeah. anything oh, it's just right. like a joke or whatever and i think i think it sounds like from what I read that maybe, maybe not every week or maybe every week they might have something akin to that. So I'm, I'm excited for that just to be like, it's very meaningless. It's like, it's technically a mid credit scene, but it's like, it's just a joke or something of like, uh, like that you would see in a normal comedy. So I like if they are doing that, how they're approaching it, like they're writing a Parks and Rec episode, an office episode, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, something like that, you know? So um, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. And I hope that that too will then, if it does happen every week, it's like, it'll be less of like, oh, is there going to be a mid-credits this week? Or, oh, is it going to be a big reveal? And it's going to be like, no, maybe it's probably just going to be this little uh, one one more joke the writer's got to put into the episode about something. And then, um, or even like go back to, uh, sometimes how they go back to an, a moment and it's an, an alt take of a joke or right. something like, you know, like something like that. And that'll be fun and different, you know, and it'll keep the stakes hopefully low until the point when it's not. And it's like, oh my God, that happened in the mid-credits. So, it'll be like the equivalent of the commercials in WandaVision. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I think that'd be really fun. So, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm super excited for it too. It's going to be here in a couple of days. Uh, only thought, just because I remembered it, my when I was watching with my brother those Groot shorts, he said, you know, I wonder if Marvel will just start doing shorts in front of all of the movies, like uh, Pixar movies. I was like, hmm, that'd be kind of cool if we got you know little shorts like that. But uh, yeah, so. All right, everybody, we did it. We pulled it off. Brian, you can rest easy tonight. We had very minimal shenanigans, uh, which I'm sorry. I, I, it's been a long day, but I couldn't think of anything crazy to pull off here. Uh, but for Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, Ryan, Kevin, thank you guys so much for tuning in. 
And uh, for me, thank you so much for covering for Brian. Uh, what I will leave us with is for the children. Earth's Mightiest Weirdos is brought to you by Pinch of Pixie Dust Travel. People who love travel understand that life isn't about the breaths you take, it's about the moments that take your breath away. That's why we help coordinate the most magical adventures for you and your family. Disney, Universal, Sandals, Norwegian, Carnival, and more, we are a full-service concierge travel agency that will help with every aspect of your journey. Let us take care of the details while you enjoy your family. Get a quote today by calling us at 570-832-7798 or fill out a trip request form at pinchapixiedusttravel.com. Just follow the second start of the right straight on to your adventure. That's pinchapixiedusttravel.com, where you're making memories one trip at a time.